there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, it is our Mother's Day episode. Woo! And um, like our Mother's Day episode last year and the year before that, <laughs> we have a very patented extra special Mother's Day guest. And I feel the need to introduce her, so I will do so right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shoot the Flick studio. <laughs> the incomparable, the incredible, the super-tastic Jennifer Sparks, my mother! Hello, everybody. It's great to be back. Now, if you don't remember, Jennifer here has shown herself on quite a few of our episodes in the past. She always has a tendency to pop up in our Oscars episodes, which was always fun. We also did Mother's Day with her last year where we watched Cats. That was quite quite a movie. Yes. Now, I'm sure you would agree that this movie that we're watching today and we're going to discuss is much better than cats much much better now here's the million dollar question here because the year before that for mother's day we watched mamma mia with you now which movie do you like better mom do you like mamma mia or this movie that we're talking Uh, about two different movies one's a musical one's in action you know two yeah that's a cheap cop out um i think most normal people can agree that this movie is better. That's right. We're back in the MCU, guys. We're talking about The Avengers, <laughs> released in 2012. And fun fact, on this very day that this episode is coming out, it is the 10-year anniversary of this fucking amazing film. I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah, this definitely is one of those movies that influenced a lot of movies going forward. Honestly, most of the memorable moments that they show from the MCU, essentially the quippy line stuff, come from this movie. It's a lot of fun still to watch. I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I hadn't seen this for quite a few years. I remember seeing it in theaters. This was probably the first MCU film that I actually saw in theaters, and it is the first MCU film distributed by Disney. And it broke a lot of records, too, which we'll talk about in a hot minute. But mom... Uh-oh. A lot of people don't know this Uh-oh. about Jen Sparks, Uh-oh. the illustrious Jen Sparks, shh, shh. But, <laughs> but she actually pretty recently, I want to say, maybe over the last year or so-ish, got into all the Marvel movies yes. and watched them all on Disney Plus like crazy, Yes, which I'm sure the people at Disney Plus are like, that's what we wanted, <laughs> so uh, good on you there, but what, what is your overall feel for the MCU and particularly this movie we're about to discuss today? I always liked superheroes. I was a big Batman fan when it was back in the day, you know, Batman and Robin. But this is like really, I love these movies. They're so exciting. They're so funny. You know, the the whole group just gels together with their, you know, different personalities and stuff. And I just enjoy it. It is kind of funny because we've been rewatching the solo movies that have been going on up to this point in the MCU. So it is kind of cool to watch all these different characters that we've been reintroduced to kind of come together and really pull this amazing team building exercise off. Um, I do want to ask you, it's a totally different animal as far as superhero movies go, but since since you brought it up, being a big fan of Batman and all, <laughs> th- there was a recent 
Batman movie that came out. I don't know if you did you see it, Mom? I did, did see you, it. Did you? I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, I Mom, did. But what did you? What did you? What were your like? Oh, okay. This is Mother's Day episode. We don't want to get Mama upset. <laughs> but <laughs> give me your thoughts on the Batman 2022 in like two words. 2022. Two words. Two words. Where the hell's Robin? <laughs> that's no. That's more than two. That that is significantly. More than two. They had the Penguin. They had the Riddler. They had Catwoman. Where, where the hell is Robin? You can blame Chris O'Donnell for that. Since that movie there has not been a Robin in any movie. Well, that's a shame. I don't think we can put all of that on Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> because George Clooney was at one time a shitty Batman. And we didn't stop making Batman movies. And also there was kind of an allusion to Joseph Gordon-Levitt being Robin in Dark Knight Rises. That's either here or there. No, we're not talking about DC, okay? DC is a shit show and a half. We are talking about MCU, bitch. And there's a lot of fun facts we must get into, mainly discussing just how iconic this movie is. Now, like I said, it's the first MCU film distributed by Disney, the giant rat-infested corporate juggernaut that is Disney. And it is also the first MCU film to make one billion dollars. <laughs> and it was the third highest grossing film ever at the time. Now it's the ninth. And it was the highest grossing film of 2012. And before we get into the nitty and the gritty, I'll just go through the initial fun facts pretty quickly. Written and directed by Joss Whedon. He is, of course, the creator behind such shows as Buffy, Vampire Slayer, and Firefly, of course, which I love. And he also did Avengers Age of Ultron, the sequel to Avengers, which wasn't as good as this movie. This is the year after Captain America, First Avenger, which is the last MC movie we talked about. And similarly to that, we have the same composer, Alan Silvestri, who also did Back to the Future, of course. And funnily enough, they were in the beginning talks of this movie. They were talking about Red Skull being the villain instead of Loki, which I'm so glad they didn't go that route. <laughs> yeah, Red Skull would have been uh, not as good. Uh, I understand why they wanted to go with Red Skull, because... He's supposed to be a much more, I guess, iconic villain. But, again, Loki is much more charismatic, much more fun to play around with, being that he basically rides the line between villain and hero as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes on. Yeah, I think that Loki definitely got more of a chance to shine in this movie. We talked about it during the Thor review we did, but I think... In that movie, the focus was obviously on Thor, but he kind of wasn't developed the best. So Thor in this movie is kind of relegated to like almost a side character that really his main like good moments are with Loki. And also he has some like funny lines thrown in here and there. But what I was going to say is I think that Loki in this movie where he's the main villain and the main antagonist, he has a chance to really kind of spread his wings and fly in that sense so yeah let's get into the nitty-gritty on this thing are we ready guys yes we are yes yes indeed all righty so um speaking of loki we pretty much start off the movie with him uh establishing his villainous 
motives. He plans on retrieving the Tesseract. It's basically a big magical MacGuffin that can do anything. And Loki wants to use it along with this alien army to take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) So in our cold open, we have the great Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, and he arrives at a research facility with uh, Eric Selvig testing out the Tesseract. And uh, Selvig, of course, we we had him in Thor. He was introduced there, and he's played by Stellan Skarsgård. And we also got introduced to Hawkeye in the Thor movie, and he's here, and he's played by Jeremy Renner. They're working on the Tesseract, and it magically just opens up, and Loki comes on through, and he basically steals the Tesseract, and he has this big old scepter. It's very scary, and he uses it to enslave Dr. Selvig along with Hawkeye to um, be his evil minions, and then he escapes with the Tesseract in a big action-y sequence. So that's a, a very succinct cold open. What I do want to say is that this movie is like two and a half hours long and it doesn't feel like that at all. Even though like if you think about it logically like some of the action sequences are pretty long but it goes by pretty quick. I definitely didn't feel like I sat there for two and a half hours watching this movie. It definitely moves quickly. That's what you want in these movies. You want to like hit the action really quick and get us hooked from the very beginning. Like that's what Iron Man did and that's kind of where some of these have faltered before in the other phase one movies so now we gotta get all of the avengers together in one place to make the movie happen because it's called the avengers so we got the pretty iconic black widow scene where she is getting interrogated by these thugs and you know they she she's playing it like she's getting fucked up yeah. yeah And then uh, the bad guys just get a call and they're like, put the lady on the phone. (laughs) And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm working here. Like, leave me alone. I love that scene. And then she's like, hold on a minute. (laughs) Oh, Clint Barton is in trouble. Hold on a sec. (laughs) My favorite part of this scene is as she's beating the hell out of these three guys, they cut to Coulson, who's still on the phone. He's He's just listening to this like, (laughs) Coulson basically sends Natasha to go and get the Hulk, who this is kind of an epic moment. This is where we get introduced to Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, you guys. And uh, I think it's pretty apparent that he is a better Hulk than Ed Norton. The main thing I remember about this movie when it first came out is that after this movie came out, everyone and i mean everyone was clamoring for a hulk movie with ruffalo we didn't get it we're gonna get a she hulk series so that'll be nice but uh, yeah you would have liked the scene where you could have gone more with his character from here but they did do stuff with his character by the end of the whole i mean you know once we get to Endgame and infinity war he's like him and the Hulk are one yeah, cohesive the Hulk, being. The Hulk is like a funny character at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is kind of funny that in the beginning with the Norton movie, he is probably one of the darkest and most brooding characters. But then by the end, he's walking around as some Hulk Ruffalo hybrid man. Yeah. 
taking pictures with kids in a restaurant like it's you know it's it's definitely he's probably one of the most if not the most evolved character throughout the mcu now i'm thinking about it so yeah natasha is meeting with the hulk to try and tap him to come back into shield and uh he's just like chilling in calcutta you know helping the kids saving lives doing his thing as a doctor and such (laughs) why are you laughing he's so cute he is very sweet but um, Black Widow basically is like, we need your help. Actually, one of the great things about this scene, I actually think ScarJo does an amazing job with all her interactions with Ruffalo and the Hulk. Because as much as ScarJo is a badass super spy, basically, mm-hmm. there is nothing like the Hulk. And she knows that. Like when Ruffalo slams his hands on the table, she immediately grabs the gun because she knows like, she is in serious shit. Mom certainly wants to applaud ScarJo for everything in regards to Black Widow. <laughs> yes, she's one of my favorites, that's for sure. Basically, S.H.I.E.L.D. is putting their feelers out, trying to get everybody together. Fury goes out and gets Steve Rogers to come in, and Colston goes out to get Tony Stark. It's kind of cool because they all converge in this, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, and you kind of... It's not everybody, obviously, but... You see a good amount of everybody and you like you know that the pieces are slowly but surely coming together and it's it is kind of exciting but uh oh we also established the colson hearts captain america subplot with his trading cards which is kind of adorable we'll get into colson a lot later yeah those trading cards are definitely going to come up later because i have a very interesting question i want to pose once we get to more colson-y things but <sighs> we'll we'll get there so we got Cap, we got Black Widow, and we got Iron Man. And they're going to some German city because they have tracked Loki down. I love the scene. It's like some opera house or something. And he's just like swinging his fucking scepter around and sucking guys' eyes out of their heads. It's very, it's a lot. We get another iconic scene here with Loki, the uh, Neil scene. It, it's a pretty uh, poignant scene, I think. Loki's whole idea is that the human race will basically bow to him almost immediately because we are all spineless and pathetic and all that and he is a god but then you get the human being who will stand up and be like not to men like you there are no men like me there are always men like you and then loki's about to kill him but cap shows up and cap fucks some shit up (laughs) and then of course you know Black Widow and Tony Stark come in and just double down on the whole kicking Loki's ass thing, but he gives himself up a little too easily. But as the gang are taking Loki back to S.H.I.E.L.D., of course we get the entrance of Thor coming in to save his brother, who he previously thought was dead, but turns out not so much. (laughs) This leads to like the fight between Thor and Iron Man, which is a very fun fight. A lot of hammer hitting and Tony just like, I can't take a direct blow from this guy because it's going to hurt. <laughs> and then uh, the cool scene where Thor hits Cap's shield. Yes, we get the big three, baby. Because that's always one of the big things about team-up movies. Before they're a team, they got to rumble a little bit. They got to fight for supremacy. Who's the alpha in the room? Mom, who do you think is the alpha of the big three? Thor, Cap. Say Cap. Oh, okay. I didn't have to say Iron Man. You just went with Cap. Cap. He seems to take charge right away. 
he does he does glom onto the leadership role very easily tony when he well he's arrogant obviously because tony stark but he's very sarcastic so he already has people like on the defense and thinking that he's an asshole cap at least he kills them with kindness i guess which is sometimes a better way to go he's a good manager that's please true and thank you. please and thank you he is employee of the month every month in perpetuity <laughs> and thor is just i've got a big hammer and i go bang bang yeah, Thor does, he doesn't have enough personality to be like you know thor it's not that he doesn't have personality i think it's just that he has the like there's no there's no depth really to thor i think is really the problem they kind of lean on the fact that he is an ancient god and he talks funny and that's his character and I mean, it's like funny but you know, right it's, but it's yeah his his whole thing they lean on the fish out of water humor yeah. which is like i'm from another planet and i am a god and i don't understand you puny humans but i like you you're funny <laughs> well four's big thing is he is technically earth's mightiest hero uh and it usually comes down to who's stronger between him and hulk so you're saying that in the big three, Thor would win in a fight fight? If it came down to it, yeah, Thor would probably win because I would think so too. he's arguably the closest thing to being indestructible. Oh, I would agree up with that. <laughs> the, the Thor would beat them in a in a fight. Now, if we were on, like, let's say, like, you know, what's the dating show thing where you, like, the ladies behind the thing and there's three guys... And you can't game. see them. The dating game. Oh, it's that's just called the dating game. <laughs> How original! That's what the dating show is called. <laughs> oh, okay. The dating game. So in the dating game, Bachelor number one, Bachelor number yes, two, Bachelor yes. number three. Yeah. Uh, so I would have to go with Chris Evans. Right. Same probably. Yes. Tony's sarcasm intrigues me, but the thing is, I feel like he would intimidate me a little bit, and so would Thor. I feel like Cap wouldn't intimidate me. Oh well, we're talking about the actual character, no, like or yeah, just or the nice. fucking just like the we're talking about more than physical appearance, okay, well, mother. <laughs> okay. God, well, you're so I shallow. Still, I would still pick Cap as number. I one. would still pick Cap yes. too, who was about but physical. But number two, then might be Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, do you have a preference? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I think, would be a lot more fun than everybody. I, I think Tony knows how to party. But I'm sorry. That that might be true. But, like, every time you see Pepper Potts in the fucking movies, which, by the way, you see her in this movie, too, for a hot second, and then she goes away. But, like, every time you see her, she's stressed the fuck out, usually because of some bullshit that Tony did. Like, it's not... Well, yeah, he's a human fighting amongst gods it's the same thing with batman like when batman fights with like superman and wonder woman you're like legitimately though like you are a human being you might be in the peak physical of like everything but if superman actually got to the point of like crushing batman's head it's over that's true in that regards then yeah i mean he basically is the batman of the mcu that's why batman needs robin because he's just a human that's that's true and iron man needs pepper pots i guess <laughs> so after this great big confrontation uh eventually we get loki back to shield in this big old sky prison and they put him in a big glass case um everyone's pretty much divided on what to do about loki we get some really funny lines here pretty iconic funny lines loki is beyond reason but he is of asgard and he's my brother he killed 80 people in two days He's adopted. There's also, of course, the great line where Tony and Cap are at odds, and Cap goes, 
take off your suit. What are you? And he goes, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Hey, and genius. Looking back on it now, knowing like what happens with their relationship specifically, it's kind of funny. Just right off the bat, they immediately butt heads. One's a rule follower and one's a rebel. Yeah. And it's funny because in that specific scene that Scott just referenced where Cap basically says to Tony, take off the suit. What are you? And then uh, Cap calls out Tony's like, you'll never make the sacrifice play. You're not that kind of guy. You're arrogant, blah, blah, blah. And then Tony says to Cap, like everything special about you came out of a bottle. And at the end, looking back, they both prove each other very wrong about all of those things. And right. I just love that. Something that I forgot about in this movie after like their initial talks about what the hell they're going to do now tony and bruce basically decide to like go off and try to figure out a cure to the mind control situation to break selvig and clint barton and everybody else who's being enslaved by loki free of the mind control so they're working on that and during that time bruce and tony have a really nice interesting conversation just regarding bruce's character i know we were just talking about that and how he kind of got the shaft as far as character development but i feel like in that particular scene tony is like encouraging him that he can be a hero too even though he doesn't have a suit of armor and he's in a lot of people's eyes seen as a monster you're not a monster you could be something more than that and i think that's a real i really liked that scene and it surprised me because i didn't even remember it from the movie originally oh mark ruffalo has so many good moments in this movie i love the scene where he talks about that he was so down that he basically was going to put a, he put a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger to end it all, and the Hulk just spit the bullet out. He has so much to do here. I understand we went with smart Hulk, genius Hulk, but like the duality of the Hulk and Bruce Banner was such a fun thing to play with that it, it's sad that we lost that a bit, but we did need to lose it. Meanwhile, while all that's happening, um, Natasha goes and meets with Loki. And we have a very fun and interesting scene here, which I actually, I love this scene too, where Natasha, once again, like in the interrogation scene, you know, plays the damsel in distress, as my mom said. And in reality, she's playing him the whole time, trying to get in his head and figure out what his plans are. Yes, she's a good actress. Yeah. Hmm, who would have thought? Yeah, the best part of that scene is where she's like crying. It's like, you're a monster. It's like she's a fucking Twilight or something. Like, oh my God, what are you, a vampire? But you sparkle. And then she just turns around on a dime because Loki references the Hulk. She's like, you brought the real monster on board. And she turns around like, ha! Boom, baby! Thanks a lot, Loki. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what just happened? Oh yeah, Tom Hiddleston plays with that his face when he's like, wait, what is it's the reason why they kept bringing tom hiddleston back is because of like little facial expressions where he's like what the hell this happened yeah he's got a good smirk too yeah it's it's really great and i think i think the pinnacle of the reason why he's so good in this role is like he's obviously a good actor right he's been in other things and he's great but he originally auditioned for the role of thor which i thought was very interesting when i read that really? yeah wow and it's like it's so crazy because like i can't even picture him not being loki like he has just made that role so very him like i can't picture anyone else playing loki i really can't well i think yes he has perfected loki 
But in the same breath, if he had been four, I think initially the way they were planning with four, because four is a very different character in the first four movie. He's not the comedic character that he has become now. Would he have been a good four for that? Yeah, it could have been a very different and interesting character to all of this dynamic. I agree with that. I I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's got comedic chops too. He's a very charming actor, I think in general, but I think you talk about Bruce not getting a lot of development. Thor hasn't really gotten a lot of development either yeah. over the years. I mean, the most they did with him was when he got fucking fat after he failed to <laughs> kill Thanos. That was the most development he got throughout the whole MCU. And like, don't get me wrong, that was a great like little chunk for him. But even that had comedic twist to it because, ah, fat Thor, that's funny. He's yelling at some guy on a fucking headset. That's hilarious. Well, again, it's tough with Thor because the only real threat we ever see Thor face was Thanos. Well, what about Hela? He lost a fucking eye. Well, yes, Hela, that's supposed to be like a big thing. But like, Thanos basically destroyed him emotionally. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, basically everybody comes together. And arguments ensue, and you're like, oh no, the team isn't working together, and shit is getting crazy, right? And what I love about, I love the camera work in this movie. This scene in particular, like, they literally spin around the whole room as everyone is fighting, which is a nice kind of comparison to later in the movie, where they're all working together fighting the bad guys, and the, the camera turns around them all cohesive. And I just, I like the, I like the different camera angles that are used from time to time in this movie it's not used too much to where it's like okay we know what you're trying to do you're trying to be fancy and edgy but it does it at very specific times for very specific reasons there's also a great moment here where mark ruffalo grabs the scepter it al- it does show that bruce banner doesn't always have control of his body even if his mind is in control so he can think but the hulk is always there so the hulk i look at it as the hulk grabbed the scepter because Bruce looks at it and goes, oh. Um. But I'm curious what you think about that, Mom. Like, do you... Okay, first of all, did you see the Ed Norton Hulk movie? Yes. Did okay. you like it? Yeah. I did like it. I did like it. But I do like Mark Ruffalo much mm. better as the Hulk. So, what, so this is interesting. Because not a lot of people like Norton as Hulk. Now, when we well, rewatched the, the movie, movie... Right. When we rewatched it, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. But it's still right. not, like, the best. So, like... How, like how do you feel regarding like Norton versus Ruffalo Hulk oh, specifically? But I like, I, I, like I said, I like Ruffalo much better. He's just like not as the Hulk, but as himself, just a sweeter character. You know, you you really like him. You know what I'm saying? So and you're saying Ed you didn't Norton. like Ed Norton? <laughs> well, I'm not a big Ed Norton fan. You know, he's, me neither. I don't okay. know. He's not cute. Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, cute. You know, I just enjoy him much better. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so while everybody's fighting and not getting along, not being the true Avengers that they are meant to be, um, we get the scene where Barton, along with all of Loki's other minions, break into the Sky Prison in order to fuck shit up and break Loki out. And uh, shit gets very real. The engine to the Sky Prison gets damaged. So Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, who were previously like at each other's throats, run out to go deal with that. 
Natasha and Hulk get fucked around and Hulk decides to emerge and you can clearly see as Scott mentioned previously that Natasha is very very scared <laughs> she is shitting her little panties <laughs> and we get a great fucking shot of Hulk at one point chasing Natasha down like this fucking hallway in slow motion just fucking shit up along his path and then um, we get the Hulk and Thor fight which is also really fun Hulk somehow like lands on a fucking plane and then gets blown out of the sky to kingdom come. We don't really know where he ends up right the second, but uh, Natasha ends up fighting Clint and kind of literally knocks some sense into him, knocks him unconscious and breaks the mind control. Fury and fellow shield agents are off fighting a bunch of red shirts that nobody really cares about. <laughs> Just pew, 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 pew. pew. And uh, <laughs> Loki breaks out of the little sky prison that he's in thor gets locked inside the cage when loki escapes we get like the penultimate moment of this particular sequence with uh colson so we get to the colson scene where colson basically pulls a gun on loki he's like i'm going to shoot you now and it turns out loki did the whole fake thing again and stabs colson in the back Coulson, as he's dying, eventually does shoot Loki, but Loki does release four in the prison and four falls thousands and thousands of feet down. And uh, th this is the question I wanted to ask you guys. So Fury comes in, right, and has a little chat with Coulson, and he dies, quote unquote. Um, we all know that he's not really dead. This is not a spoiler to anyone who's seen the fucking MCU. Sorry if you didn't know that. Coulson's not dead. Whoopsie. But here, here's the question, right? Because Nick Fury is, is standing there by his quote-unquote dead body. And he basically uses Coulson's death as well as the blood-stained trading cards that weren't really stained with his blood. Just as a, as a tool to basically bring the team together and give them something to fight for. Yeah. Now, did Nick Fury know that Coulson wasn't dead at this point? Because I feel like you can make the argument for either thing. Yeah, I, I would say he. I don't think he did. Unless, no, Fury's a, a good actor. But I, I wouldn't think, I didn't feel like he knew it was, yeah. Well, uh, the Coulson thing's interesting because I think in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I'm not 100% sure is canon. Either he's an alien or he's a clone. I don't remember. I've only watched like the first season and a half of that show and then I kind of gave up on it. it, it there's something weird about him. I don't remember what it is. I honestly should probably rewatch all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I always took it as that he was alive though. And then he showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, surprise, I'm not dead. The only reason I'm asking the question is because one of the other agents is like, oh, those trading cards weren't in his jacket pocket. They wouldn't have his blood on them. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, they needed a push. Ah! And it's like, okay, so clearly you're not above just manipulating people to get what you want and making them think that other people are fucking dead. So like, mm, mm, mm. he's giving his, his men incentive to, you know, revenge is now their incentive, you know, because they are avenging. 
fuck you, bitch. I was right. <laughs> I'm quoting from Wikipedia, which isn't always the most accurate, but I'm going to take it as accurate in this it case. said it on the internet. Exactly. The internet never <laughs> lies, mom. Don't you know that? In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury brought Coulson back to life using the Tahiti Project. Don't ask me what the fuck that is. I'm sure it's explained in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> Uh, which was meant to bring a dead Avenger back to life using a drug derived from an ancient Kree corpse that S.H.I.E.L.D. had recovered in the past. Okay, so fucking oh. Coulson's alive. So why can't he use that on any of the Avengers then? Maybe thought. because they only had a limited supply and, oh, you know, and what are you going to do? I, psh, I'm <laughs> fucking business. He, he wears a goddamn suit. The Black Widow. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> or fucking Tony Stark, you know. Well, the yeah. guy who saved the universe. Right. <laughs> Black Widow died in another planet, uh, so what, they might the not have drug her. Drug wouldn't work on another planet. They might you not have her body. Sure. Oh. And technically, the stones are magical. Who knows if that fucking works on magic? Her body was at the fucking bottom of that ravine, Scott. They could have scooped her out of there. Really? <laughs> but here, anyway, the point is, as they, I was if saying, they really wanted to try. They could have. Listen, we should stop arguing about this fictional ass shit. The point is that Colson is alive and did Fury know it from the beginning? It's arguable that he did because they brought him back to life. So he had the intention of bringing him back to life. So they're like, listen, we'll let the fucking Avengers think that he's dead. But like, you know, yeah, like, on we'll the side, on we're going to bring him like back. Captain America. Exactly. <laughs> we'll put him on ice and bring him back when I fucking feel like it. So, yes, my point has been proven. I don't know what my point was originally. <laughs> well, the baseball cards, yeah, yeah. He yeah, the play on their emotions and get them all riled up. Yeah. Right, of course. So now that our Avengers are fully together, you know, we officially have Clint Barton back in the ranks. We're all in this together, guys. All in this together. Yep. <laughs> so we find out that Loki is using the Tesseract and a machine that Dr. Selvig created, which Selvig is still under my control at this point. He wants to open a wormhole over Stark Tower to let in this alien army and let them invade the Earth. So the Avengers go to New York City to battle the aliens. We, we get some great fucking moments here. Does anyone want to talk about their favorite moments throughout the big fucking fight sequence in new york city avengers versus loki and aliens well i want to start from the beginning where iron man first really gets to talk to loki here because i think it's really fun having tony basically be like i'm not begging or anything i'm threatening you so get it straight you might have an army we have a hulk it's just a lot of fun the two of them interacting i do agree their interaction is great and this is another point where we get some really cool camera work when uh loki basically grabs fucking tony by the throat and hoists him up that's great but like i always remember that line it's like oh i have an omni well we have a hulk and at that point in the movie we don't have a hulk because bruce is still in parts unknown later we find out he fucking landed in some random fucking building you know, nakey as as you do when you're the fucking Hulk. But uh, fun fact, we get an appearance from a, a, a staple of Shoot the Flick. We get uh, a guy playing a security guard at this scene, kind of helping Bruce kind of get his shit together. Harry Dean Stanton is here, you guys. He has been in five Shoot the Flick review episodes so far. He has been in Cool Hand Luke, Alien, Pretty in Pink, Green Mile, and Christine. And now... 
the fucking Avengers. When will this man not be in a shoot the flick movie? I don't know. Well, I think I've said it on Christine. Uh, the man's been in 140 movies. He's bound to show up a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah. Ma, what's your favorite moment from the New York City battle? Oh, I like when um, <laughs> when the Hulk just, you know, throws him around. <laughs> like he says, I am a god. Boom. 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 <laughs> that, I mean, that by far, I think, is the most iconic thing that came out of this movie and arguably out of the whole MCU, just that fucking moment. I remember distinctly in the theaters when that happened, everyone lost their shit. It's still a fucking holy shit moment. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny God. I feel like that is the moment where everyone was like, okay, we need a Hulk movie today, yesterday, and tomorrow, every day for the rest of our lives because that was just such an iconic fucking moment. Black Widow even has a like quippy line in this whole fight. Tony is like leading around these giant like space worms. <laughs> He's like, I'm bringing the party to you. <laughs> and like a Black Widow goes, that doesn't look like a party. <laughs> yeah, her delivery of that line in particular is like so great. It's just like, I, I don't even think, how is that a party? Like just so <laughs> done with everything. Her bond with Clint too in this particular part of the movie is great. They just have such a close friendship. And I love, too, that, like, throughout all of this time, they never tried to, like, imply that it was romantic in any way, yeah. shape, or form. They were always just BFFs, and I love that. But, yeah, when Hulk does come back in that moment, that's really the moment of that particular scene that Scotch is referenced. Everyone's like, oh, where's the Hulk? He's not coming. Da, da, da. But Tony's like, no, 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 he's going to show up. He, he'll, he'll show up. And sure enough, he does on his little like motorbike. He's like, hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> and um, he, he says a pretty iconic line here, too. He's like, you want to know my secret to how I keep things under control, even though I really don't? I'm always angry. And then he just morphs instantly into the Hulk and takes out this like fucking super scary, creepy fucking space alien whale dinosaur ship thing. And it's it's great. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great moments in this. Uh, bringing up your whole thing with Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye, their relationship where they start talking about Budapest, which we still haven't learned fully what happened at Budapest. I remember at some point in my life seeing like a, a like a meme post or something being like, oh, cool ideas for Marvel spinoff movies. And it's just a poster of Black Widow and Hawkeye together and the title is Budapest. And it's like, oh, that'd be fucking great. Let's find out what happened. What's great about this, though, is like, because now if you watch a superhero movie and you see a fucking beam coming out of the sky, you're like, oh, great. It's another fucking beam coming out of the sky, guys. Let's come up with something original. But now this is 2012. So they're like, all right. Like, like you know, this is, this is fine. Yeah. Now there's superhero movie tropes. Like there's movie tropes and then there's superhero movie tropes. Every time a beam comes out of the sky in a fucking superhero movie, now everyone's got something to say about it. You can't win. It's really hard to be a good villain these days <laughs> in a movie. Well, that's why I think with the MCU, the villains like Loki stands out because he rides that line very well. Thanos, of course, was our huge big bad who actually, you know, won. I can't wait to see what... Kang the Conqueror does from the Loki series and how that's going to fuck things up. And 
I'm hoping, I'm still hoping. I know that no one, there are people who don't want it. I kind of want Wanda to go evil too. I don't want it. <laughs> I love Wanda. Wanda's one of my faves. So after all these great fucking moments in the alien fight, we have to find a way to stop this fucking thing, right? So Natasha is like, all right, I'm going to try and figure out how the fuck to turn this machine off so this fucking beam in the sky can go away. And um, she goes up to the top of Stark Tower and Selvig by this point has been knocked around by like, you know, pew, pew, pew and bombs exploding and chaos. His mind control is pretty much done at this point and he's like, oh, the only way we can stop the machine is if we get Loki's scepter and that can shut it down. And it just so happens to be lying there on the fucking like bottom of the that fucking... That was easy. Yeah, right? It's like, it's so easy. A caveman can do it. Like, what the fuck? This is the one thing that does bother me because Selvik does say at one point, like, oh, I knew what I was doing the whole time. I built a failsafe. I'm like, but you were mind controlled. How did you somehow in your mind control go, I got to build a failsafe in here? No, you're mind controlled. There shouldn't be a failsafe here. I feel like there's a lot of moments like that in a lot of movies. I mean, we talked about it just last week when we did Snake Eyes. I feel like, you know, there are certain movies where, like, the logic of it. And the practicality of it isn't always 100%. But, like, you're able to overlook certain things. Like, you know, there's not a real Thor that, you know, flies around with a magical hammer. What? And, <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? you just ruined it for Frank. <laughs> oh, no. But you know what? We accept it because it's Thor. And well, we, we're enjoying like the ride the, run. It's like in the movies when, you know, the person's walking through the woods and you're like, well, don't go down there. And, and <laughs> they go down there. They know it's going to be bad, but they go anyway. You're like, really? Let's run deeper into the woods. Oh, no. really do that? Really? There's a running car right there. We can just drive away. <laughs> no, no. We have to run deeper into the woods. It's like, yeah, no. So, yeah. Uh nat manages to get the scepter and she's like okay i can like shut this thing off now and tony stark is like wait we can't do that why can't we do that well it seems that uh fury while this is going on is having a bit of an issue with the mysterious council who's throughout the movie they're just a bunch of like literal talking heads that are like oh now director fury you can't do this oh you shan't do that earlier they were literally like to fury they're like okay we're gonna just nuke new york city now okay is that cool and (laughs) fury's like uh no bitch she has a great line here where he's like uh what was it director fury the council has made a decision i recognize the council has made a decision but given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. Eventually, the council's like, no, we're going to override you, queen, and we're just going to send a nuke to and kill millions of people yeah. <laughs> just because cause we want to get rid of this whole alien situation. K, okay, K-girl? Okay, okay. So they send the nuke, and Tony's like, wait, I'm going to grab the nuke and bring it up into the wormhole out in space and kill the fucking alien mothership. And Cap is like, uh, Tony, you know that's a one-way trip, right? Like, you probably won't come back. And he's like, nope, it's fine. We're going to go. Bye. <laughs> and he goes. And it's a really, like, holy shit moment. And he's going up, up, up into the atmosphere. And Jarvis is in his head like, um, should I call, like, your girlfriend, seeing as how, like, you're about to die, bro? And he's like, yeah, 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 just shoot her a text. It's fine. <laughs> she'll, she'll be fine. And, um, you know, of course, he goes into space and the call fails, you know, because 
I don't think you can cell get service cell service in space. <laughs> yeah, he successfully brings the nuke up into space, blows up the mothership, and he kind of just falls. And he just makes it back into Earth before what? the wormhole closes. He's falling with the not greatest of ease. And, and who saves him? Who saves him, Scott? The Hulk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Four is about ready to do it, but yeah, the Hulk swoops in and saves him. So the Hulk catches him and gingerly places him on the ground. Tony and then Stark he won't wake up, and yeah, and the Hulk has a pretty awesome moment. He kind of looks like a like a lost puppy. Like he's just standing over, like Wait, nothing's happening. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, whoa, okay, I'm up, I'm up. Sorry, I'm up. Anyone want shawarma? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Tony's fine, and um, we have of course the great moment where, because at this point you're like, oh, okay, Tony's fine, and then Cap's just like, oh no, we got one more thing we got to do, and then at that point you're like, oh right, where's Loki at this whole time? And then, sure enough, he's back at Stark Tower and he's like waking up after being rocked by the Hulk and everyone's like on him. Hawkeye's got his bow and arrow like in his face and he's like, hello. (laughs) No, you guys aren't that mad, right? (laughs) We basically get our little epilogue here where the, the day is saved and Thor is taking the Tesseract as well as Loki back to Asgard to face judgment. And um, we get news coverage from people throughout the the city being like, some people are like very thankful for the Avengers and saving their lives. And some people are like, I don't feel safe with those Avengers running around. And it's like, well, would you feel better with aliens running around, you fucking idiots? Like, what? I don't understand what you're upset about. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But we're basically setting up civil war, I guess. But basically, the, the ending thesis of the film is... Don't fuck with the Avengers. And it's kind of funny because they all go their separate ways at the end. It's kind of like, you know that high school song? That's what I was singing as they're all like separating. And then uh, Fury's like, don't worry. If something else happens, they'll come back because we need them too. And then the ending shot is on uh, Stark Tower, which it got rocked too and all the chaos. And now it's and just a left. big A. Avengers Tower. <laughs> you see what happened there? But yeah, that's that's the Avengers. We get a mid credit scene. With the introduction of Thanos, who's going to be our big bad, obviously, moving forward. But it's it's purposely vague, I think, because at this point they probably didn't know exactly what they were going to do with Thanos or who Thanos was going to be played by. So they just kind of had a big purple blob on screen in space. Then, of course, we get the post credit scene, which is, again, an iconic post credit scene of the whole crew together eating shawarma, which I still don't know exactly what shawarma is. But I'd be down to try it because if it's good enough for the Avengers, it's good enough for me. So how did we feel about it? I liked it. Mom, who's your favorite Avenger? <laughs> who's my favorite Avenger? Oh, I'm going to say. Hmm. You know who it is. Black Widow. Stop fucking around. <laughs> you love the badass bitch. We all love the badass bitch. Black Widow. Scott, who's your favorite Avenger? Tony. It's it's always been Tony. Tony is Oh, it's always been Tony, Frankie. Did you hear that? It's always been Tony. I'm I'm offended. I'm triggered. Tony Stark is great. He has some so much growth throughout the series and the constant 
need to sacrifice himself. He started this all. He's it, there's a reason he had to be the big ending and he had to be in that game. He had to be the snap at the end. It's it's Robert Downey Jr. Without him, we might not have an MCU. Um, I I do agree with that, and I do love Tony, and I love Black Widow, but for the sake of uh, being different and having a different answer, I'm going to say Cap is my favorite. He is genuinely one of my favorites, if not my absolute favorite. He is a Um, cutie patootie. He is a cutie patootie, and I, I just love, I love a man whose heart is brave and true. What can I say? I have a type. See, Aww. I I didn't insult you. I yeah. <laughs> I complimented you in my favorite talk, but that's that's fine, Scott. I'm not I'm not upset or anything. Whatever. Hmm. It's always been Tony for him. Oh, <laughs> how could you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I'm really glad that we rewatched this. This made my heart happy, and uh, I I do enjoy the fun fact that. Apparently, during production of this movie, the code name for it while it was filming was uh, Group Hug, which is basically what this movie is, is it not? It's just a big old group hug with all these beautiful characters that you know and love. That's a good name for it. I think it's cute. Mom, what's your favorite moment of this movie? Well, I do like right in the beginning of the movie when she kicks ass while uh, getting a phone call. Oh, yes. A true multitasking queen. We love that about Black Widow. Scott, do you have a favorite part of the movie overall? The Battle of New York is probably the favorite part, but I love... You can't say... The Battle of New York is like 25 minutes long. You can't say that that's your favorite part of the movie. You have to be more specific. Well, I was going to say, though, the part that really stands out the most for me is... Just the dialogue before Clint starts the attack on the giant airship because the dynamics of all the characters interacting with Hulk, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Fury, Black Widow, and that's a lot of fun, that whole scene with all of them finally like interacting together and being at odds with each other. That's better. Uh, I'm going to just be a basic bitch and say my favorite moment of the movie is the only part I feel like that I could watch a hundred times over and over again. And that's when Hulk fucking rocks Loki to shit. (laughs) And it just starts the ever running gag, essentially, that Loki is terrified of the Hulk. And every time he sees him, he wets his little pants. Well, he can understand why. (laughs) I mean, fair. But um, yeah, I have this movie rated as a four out of five stars. I am keeping it as that. It is dope. Uh, There are doper movies to come. So I, 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 you know, I'm not going to change it to go higher. I think this is an excellent precursor to what is to come as far as these superheroes working together. So I'm going four out of five stars. I have this as a five out of five. Oh, wow. I love this movie from beginning to end. I've watched it a bunch of times. I'll watch it a bunch more. I have my one little nitpick, but besides that, I love every single moment of this movie. I've caught it on TV multiple times at multiple different points and watched it. Avengers is great. Mom, what would you rate The Avengers out of five stars? I will give it a four. A four out of five. Yes. Alrighty. I might have given it a higher score if I haven't seen other movies after it. Yeah, that's fair. I would say a four. Yeah, I think because you know it can get better, and it does. 
This has been an excellent MCU slash Mother's Day episode. Yes, it has. Another wonderful foray into Shoot the Flick from Mother Dearest, Jennifer Sparks. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us. What's funny about this, though, is that originally we were going to do like a non-Marvel Mother's Day episode. But because my mom loves Marvel so much, I'm like, why don't you just do the Marvel episode we're doing like right around Mother's Day? Just do that one. And she's like, okay. But originally, it's funny because the last two Mother's Day episodes we did musicals. And originally, we were going to do another musical, which I think we've mentioned before on the show that my mom and I want to show Scott Hello, Dolly. (laughs) Oh, hello, Dolly. Oh, hello, Dolly. It's so nice to have you back back where you belong you're looking swell dolly <laughs> i can tell oh my god we can't do the whole song it's gonna get weird um but no we'll definitely do that at some point because scott just Scott's needs very to feel a certain it. kind of torture actually our <laughs> friends at film rage which is another pretty great podcast that talks about movies feel free to check them out because they're awesome they recently did an episode on hello dolly and i told them like oh my god i grew up with this movie i want to show it to scott so bad and they're like oh my god why would you do that (laughs) they did i don't think they liked it mom what i don't think they liked it that can't be true that can't be true that must be guys guys you don't know culture (laughs) (laughs) but uh we'll be sure to have jennifer on again okay next year Oh, maybe before that. Oh, sooner. That. Okay. If you want. Okay. Yeah, sure. I like doing this. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, because I remember the very first time you were like, oh, oh do I have to? I was oh, we'll talk nervous. about Mama Mia? Okay. <laughs> I get I get a little nervous. You know. Aw. Nah, nothing to be nervous about. You come out with the gems on these episodes, uh, Mom. very soft-spoken. So next week, we're going to go back to our normal format. Scott is going to be showing me a movie. Uh, that I'm very excited to watch. Mom's seen this movie, right? Oh, yes. Lots of good-looking boys on that. Oh, dear. Well, this is going to be a very saucy episode, I guess, next and, uh, week. You know, I like westerns. Oh, well, you're giving it, you're giving away all the juice, Mom. Oh, sorry. But uh, until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. And I am Jen Sparks. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our rootin' tootin' sexy, that's right, I said sexy, movie adventure. I can do this all day. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no.